there are true principles that are there. They endure the test of time. They transcend all barriers that we try to put on it, you know, work, business, family, all those different things. The principles transcend everything. And so often we try to repackage those things, which is so nice because they actually do help us with understanding. But in the end, they're just different ways to help us understand the true principles. I'm Clint Hoops, and this is the Unrivaled Man Podcast. The Unrivaled Man is where we help businessmen like you be the unrivaled leader in their work and home. We're revealing the perspective you've been missing to upgrade your identity and become better husbands, fathers, family men, and business owners. Let's get started. Welcome to the Unrivaled Man Podcast. Excited to have you here once again today. Today, I actually have a guest, Brad Harker. Excited to have him. Brad Harker is a relentless problem solver with a deep passion for fueling growth. He has led an unconventional career spanning entrepreneurship, real estate development, and more than $300 million in sales. Now, as an author, speaker, and growth expert, Brad helps organizations and professionals accelerate growth through sales and influence. Through his book, The Laws of Influence, podcasts, and training courses, Brad is on a mission to accelerate performance at the highest levels. Brad, welcome to the show. Thanks, Clint. It's good to be with you. It's good to be here. Thank you. Brad and I, we have known each other for several years, went back and forth, and I've tried to coordinate. We've just meant to have you on the podcast for quite some time. And finally, we got together. So excited to have you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When you called me, I've been thinking about you for like a number of days. And I just, I love how that happens. Like it's organic and the timing was just right. So that's awesome. Really honored to be here and excited to connect with your audience with you. So thank you. Yeah. It's funny how, how things in life just work out that way. I mean, I remember when Brad and I first connected, it was funny, same kind of way. It just just kind of worked out the way it was supposed to. And really, I know a lot of things like that are that way in life. You know, like I said in your bio, you've had kind of an unconventional career path. And I would love for my audience to kind of get a feel for a little bit more kind of your story. Cool. Well, I'd love to share it. You know, it's funny. I think entrepreneurship for me would be a good word to describe. My dad was a dentist. I, I was raised in Canada. And always just had this very independent, very future-oriented bug in me. So I was running landscaping businesses growing up, shoveling walks. And I think my start, I actually went to school in the US and I'm actually a citizen of both countries now, but I, uh, I got into summer sales just right after getting married. And that was fun because I didn't have to deal with all the running a landscape construction company was overwhelming and there's just a lot, right? And it was nice to just show up and go and sell. And it was really my first experience with that. And so as I kind of got into that, I realized that I don't feel like I'm this natural sales guy, but I really love working with people. I love this influence that I'm feeling. And I just really enjoy crafting this art of communicating with people. And so I just kind of leaned into that, stayed in that industry for about four or five years, got into real estate finally, which was kind of my initial path, rode that market into the toilet. That's actually what brought me to St. George in 2009. I was literally just getting crushed in real estate and was part of a group that liquidated a billion dollars of toxic real estate assets. So this is when the banks were all getting shut down 
in 2009. And I just found my way into this asset management team that we were liquidating this really crazy, exciting portfolio. And that was kind of a rebirth in my career. You know, it was, it was my business. I was a contractor and I just really started to gain some traction at that point. And after that, I just actually did a few real estate developments, kind of stayed in real estate and then kind of hit this point, Clint, where I just said, I miss people. I need people in my life. I need to be coaching and mentoring people. I need to be taking this whole career of craziness and adversity and putting it to use. So I took a year off and I wrote a book. And that book is The Laws of Influence. I brought a copy here. So anyways, that's the book. Wrote that and then figured I'm going all in on a consulting business and quickly got scooped up by a software company here in St. George and spent about five and a half years there, which is kind of the trick. If I consult with somebody, I often would get hired and just stay there, which was fun. I was like this entrepreneur in residence for uh, Printer Logic was the company and really focused on a lot of just growth initiatives, launching go-to-market strategies. And then two years ago, almost to the day, I left and really finally went all in on just the coaching side of things, working with organizations to really figure out like where is the roadblocks, where are the growth opportunities and really kind of dissecting that and then fueling and putting in strategies to help these companies take off. That's really when my career took off as well. And so it's, it's been a lot of fun coaching, you know, executives, coaching companies, working with individuals, really just focused on how do we propel and accelerate growth, which is really just kind of what my last 20 years of my career have been is just this laboratory, this incubator of how do I prepare to be ready to help these organizations take it to the next level? And so and here we are. So it's been, it's been a, kind of a rocket ship in the last couple of years. It's been a lot of fun. Like, like I mentioned earlier, Brad and I have known each other for several years, so it's been kind of fun as we've kind of watched each other, other's careers go back and forth and change and morph. And it's a lot of fun to see where the world takes us and how we keep coming back to the same types of things, right? And I love it because one of the things you said in, in your stories is about the art of communicating. And I love that. That's actually one thing where Brad is a fantastic communicator and you can tell that every part of your career has came back to that, it seems, in helping communicate offers, communicate different things and communicate with people. So I love it. Yeah, 100%. It's funny, you can't hide from your passions. You really have to go to great lengths to suppress your calling in your life. And if you just lean into it, even if it's terrifying, it's amazing just how rewarding it can be. It's just different, you know, it's a different feeling and it's a different level of experience and success. But I think a lot of people hide from that or they're scared of it and never really open the door to it. We all know it's knocking. So, so during this time of your life, life as you've transitioned into different careers and different focuses, how have you been able to manage that from a family perspective? I mean, you've been incredibly successful, had a lot of success, and often that success does come with a lot of mental commitments, time commitments. How have you been able to, to manage that with your family? Yeah, that's an awesome question. And it's funny, I think if we all tried to script, like, you know, true story, as a kid, I wanted to be a, a fighter pilot. Probably like, oh, awesome. I, I don't know what that was. I figured Top Gun was just this cool thing that anybody could go and do, right? So that was always my dream is I wanted to be a fighter pilot. And I, I had the worst eyes and I was Canadian and massive ADD. It was never going to happen, but it sounded like a great idea. 
And it's just so funny how idealistic we were. And then just how, when reality really hits you, just how much that evolves. I feel very fortunate that I've been able to stay in my lane or at least kind of hone in and clarify my lane. But there's no question that the impact of family is significant, right? And when you add in just not just, you know, I have four kids and we have an awesome story of how we've brought all these kids to our family and the way that's all come together and been married for 20 years. And so there's no question that that in and of itself is a major segment of life to balance and to manage. But when you add just illness and sickness and adversity and just unforeseen challenges into those dynamics, there's really honestly been a lot of times where I felt like I've had to put my career on hold or really slow it down to, to provide that balance. I remember one person saying once I, that he never missed a kid's soccer, one of his kids' soccer games. I know that's almost impossible to do, but I really valued that. And I've tried to always be at events and prioritize my family. My dream, honestly, is to have my kids be a part of my companies and work with me in various, various capacities. But it's thrown more wrenches in it than it's been a balance, I think, honestly. So it's a trick for sure. But I think you have to just decide what matters most to me, this company and this growth or my family. And I think when you make that decision, priorities naturally fall into place. At least they're easier to correct. Yeah. When I think about the title of your book, The Laws of Influence, which is a fantastic book, by the way, and we'll have links to all of these things in the show notes. When I think of influence and I think of influence at work and I think of influence at home, you speaking about your children and your efforts to impact them, I just can't help but think of the term influence, right? And what type of influence that you're having on them and that really in turn has the influence on yourself and how you show up with your clients and with your companies that I can't help but see in your life and others' lives that it just makes you better all the way around. It's an interesting point because I actually see like there's consistent dynamics that I see in business. I see it in personal coaching and I see it in raising family, right? Like we all have every individual, every company, we all have a distinct purpose calling, right? Call it almost like an endowment. Like what is our highest and best use? And I view my kids in the same way that I would view a company, which is what is this purpose? Like, what is the ultimate version of this organization or this person? Why are they different? How are they different? And how do you lead and inspire or influence the fulfillment of that potential, right? That is parenting. That's business coaching. That's executive or personal one-on-one coaching. It's really all the same. And that's really what my book really focuses on is what are those pillars that are consistent among each of those? But it's really been kind of a fun revelation for me is just to recognize just how similar the journey is to parenting or to leading a team or to leading growth for an organization. To me, it's really built on similar principles. So it makes it fun to look at your kids almost like almost like little startups, you know, like what's your, <laughs> what's your business? What are you going to become? What are you going to do? What is your life going to look like? And how can I facilitate that? And it, it's a fun dynamic that I think makes parenting it's already challenging, but it makes it really kind of fun too. I like the analogy to startups. That's actually kind of fun yeah. because each one is almost a different, they're a different target market, so to speak, right? So each one is a different market. And I mean, I look at my kids, I have six children and I look at each one of them, even the one that's only 12, 13 months old, right? She's little, but they all have such a unique personality. I, I almost forget that every time we've had a child 
the new one comes and they hit about a year old and you really see their personality start to come out. And I almost forget how young that happens every time, how it's just, it's within them. And, and the way that you motivate, inspire, and help to teach each one of them, I mean, it is so different. It's pretty crazy sometimes when I'll be speaking with one child and I'll try to say that, you know, teach something in the same way or help another child in the same way. And they completely shut off where the other one just loved it. And it's, it's an interesting thing. Well, and honestly, like you can talk about like love languages and different, you know, modalities of communication, but at the core, just to what you just mentioned, like not even personality, but like temperament, your innate inborn traits as an individual can be very different across families. And our entire society is really built around just how do we ram all the cattle through the same gates, plug them into the same machines and do the same things over. And that's not how we are. And I think even in perception of just, you know, in viewing people around us, we expect this mold that is familiar to us. But when you really kind of embrace the authenticity and the differences of even children within one family, much less a neighborhood, you start to really experience this conflict because you're like, yeah, there's no way that these can all be raised and plugged into the same system and expect for it to work. But they all have different contributions to make. They all have different superpowers. And we need a better system to reach them at their levels and promote them and build them at their levels, which kind of going back to that entrepreneurship is like, it needs a different set of instructions or tools to help it realize its potential. And I think we fundamentally miss that in society. But I love that you recognize that because I think it's a great hallmark of great parenting and leadership. It's an interesting thing as you as you start taking it to your work life and leading people. I know a lot of my clients that I coach end up trying to lead their people in much the same way, right? They think, hey, I'm the leader of the organization. It's my organization. I am going to lead in a certain way. And they forget that it's just like their children. Their organization is filled with individuals with different desires and passions for things and different vision. They see the vision that you think you've expressed so clearly. They see it a lot different. And you have to go through that. So as you work with companies and you encounter that with your clients, what observations do you see? What things do you see come up the most where people struggle? I think Aristotle said it, right? Knowing thyself is the beginning of all wisdom, right? So I think that's number one. And what I probably look for most and first, in fact, when I interview somebody or if I'm, you know, even kind of, let's just pretend I'm advising a client on even how to build a team or I'm interviewing and building my own team. The traits that I look for in a great hire, a great fit, are usually not traditional. I don't look for someone with a ton of experience necessarily. I look for humility. I look for presence. But I really seek for alignment. And this, I think, is my answer to your question. And what I mean by that is I usually ask a question like, what are you doing in five years? Like, if you could script it, what would you like your job or your profession to look like in five years? And it's interesting because sometimes you get the answer, I have no idea. Um, sometimes they're going to say, oh, I want to be here and I want to be leading somewhere in this business. But then I'll dig a little bit. I say, tell me about that. Like, what are you doing? Like, what is the ultimate career path for you? And what I'm looking for is, yeah, it's nice when they have direction. But what I'm really looking for is alignment with what they're doing and why they've the role that they're going to be in because that intrinsic motivation that comes from feeling like you did in maybe in college right like i'm paying money to be here it feels like i'm waiting for to really kind of go but i recognize the value of what i'm learning or jobs that we took where we didn't make very much money but we just felt like we were progressing 
at a really rapid rate. That is powerful. And I love that alignment. And that's really what I look for is that alignment to really get a team motivated is, am I individually aligned in my role with what I'm doing or where I want to be doing? And then as a team, are we aligned in terms of what our objective is as a team or are we unified in what we're trying to accomplish together? So unity, I think, or alignment is probably my big word I would say for that is making sure and asking the right questions to know that yet not just that you need a job and you want a job, but is this the right job for you? Because I think so often we get people that get out of alignment with what they do every day. It either doesn't align with their purpose and their temperament or it just isn't really motivating to them because it's not the path that they should be on, even if they don't even recognize it yet. So that to me, I think is a really important part of creating effective teams. I love that, the alignment with your people. And I'm telling you, that's where getting the right people is such a big deal. Like you're saying on the front end in the hiring process, because if you don't have them, the the right people on the front end, you're never going to have the alignment. I think of uh, Patrick Lencioni. He said, that you need when you're searching for employees, you need to find employees that are humble, hungry, and kind. And that's always stuck out to me when I've been interviewing. I'm like, I need people that are humble, hungry, and kind. And you can interpret that any way you'd like. But when people are humble and teachable, when they're hungry and excited about growth, it doesn't mean that they are desperate. It just means that they're excited. They want to see something new and then kind, which is that just a kind person. Man, you can go a long way with people like that in towards alignment. Which is why I don't, if you're right out of college, I'm okay with that. Because if you embody those three characteristics, I can teach you how to sell. I can teach you how to operate. I can teach you the tools and the processes and the systems, but I can't change who you are and what you aspire to. That's going to come from you. And so, yeah, I love that. That's a great book, by the way. Every one of his books is awesome. Yeah, they are fantastic. Yeah, good stories that are simple to simple to see. He models people that have those characteristics, and it's a fun thing. Well, I love it. These are some great things. I I love this. As we keep going here, I, I'm just wondering, what what's getting you excited right now in your business or life? What are you excited about? What gets me excited is alignment. You know, I think I'm sure a lot of, uh, a lot of your listeners can probably relate to just phases of or stages of alignment in your personal life, right? Like, do I really wake up and am I excited about what I do? And I think for me, especially as I was coaching a lot of people, I think this even, you know, in the conversations that we were having a while ago, when we were talking about the shift that you were making, and I don't know if the listeners have any context for that, but we'll just, I'll leave it at that. You can fill in any gaps you want to. But I remember feeling even a bit hypocritical at the time because I'm, I'm working with you and we were, we we're having these awesome conversations, but I was kind of hypocritically not stepping fully into what I knew I should be doing. And it, it actually created some interesting resolve in me of just saying, I really need to get aggressive about that last piece to truly go all in on something. And I mean, it was probably a couple of years later, but for me, like really leaning into this idea of coaching and not so much like I've been doing that coaching for a long time, but that becoming the full extent of my business where I don't work for somebody that I'm literally contributing 80, 90% of my effort to their business, I'm building my business, my dream, right? A dream I've had for decades. And that has been a really important shift. And I've worked for myself in the past, but to really kind of recognize what will be the last business I ever start is the business that I've created. And it changed everything for me, honestly, like really stepping into that thing that you know you're supposed to do 
has got me excited. And so now as it kind of morphs and evolves and it expands and I add people and I bring people into the organization, it's really exciting. And I feel like I've created this incubator of organizations and of talent. You know, I have these amazing people that come in that want to be a part of it or they want to work with us or align with us. And then we plug these into our companies that we're also working with and, and advising. And as we kind of synergize all of this together, it just creates this brilliant incubator of talent and of growth. And every day is a bit different, but every conversation is different. But every bit of it just pulls from everything I've been working on for my entire life, my entire career, and is allowing me to be that catalyst, to be that creator that I've always wanted to be. And so, yeah, that's what's got me excited. I love what I do. I really do. And I really enjoy the process of helping other people thrive in what they should be doing, what they love to do. It doesn't seem fair, actually. Yeah, it's tough. When you see people, that's one thing. It's funny. Like I said, me and I mean, you know, you and I have have had very similar paths where we've ran companies, done different things that way, and just slowly came back to where we where we feel like our passion is and where we belong. And uh, it's fun. I remember when Brad and I were working together on a project, I was I was having him help me with wanting to work through some systems. It was kind of fun, you know. I had a hundred and fifty plus employees at the time. And we were doing very well. You know, we had won awards. We had done all types of things, had great success. But yet it felt like I was having to drive everything and having to push and push. And it was, it was wearing on me in big ways. And it was kind of fun going through some of those systems, but then realizing that there was something more to do. And so it was fun as Brad and I worked through a few things. It was, it was really fun to see some small changes make big impacts in my career. And I love that once you can connect the dots with some of these things and learn how some of this influence works and how to help get alignment in your teams, how you can then take that into any other business. You can take those things you learn in any other business and then do the same with your employees that you have and help coach them to do the same with their teams and onward and upward, you can have huge impact. With the book, for example, like I mentioned these pillars before, but they're simple things, right? I don't think there's a lot, this new creation of a lot of new information, but I believe that there's purpose. There's this ability to connect that purpose with your audience, those that you serve. And then there's this innovation or initiative that we all need to take to really realize the extent of that impact. And it's really those three simple pillars that I mean, I found 33 chapters to cram in there somehow, right? But like literally those simple things, why am I here? What is my purpose? How do I tell my story and bring that value to the people I serve? And how do I create opportunity? And how do I realize the full extent of that? That is simple. But that right there is really what embodies great companies and great leaders and great individuals. They're simple things that make massive impacts on the people that we serve and in our own lives. So we don't need to complicate things. There's not some crazy book you haven't found yet that's going to be the secret to your success. It's going to be the little things that you implement authentically to who you are that's going to make the biggest impact in your life. One of the biggest things is just the philosophy of principles, right? That there are true principles that are there. They endure the test of time. They transcend all barriers that we try to put on it, you know, work, business, family, all those different things. The principles transcend everything. And so often we try to repackage those things, which is so nice because they actually do help us with understanding. But in the end, 
They're just different ways to help us understand the true principles. I think that's why some of these small things reframed a little differently can impact us at different times in our lives in different ways. And yeah, have you seen that true in your life? Absolutely. And I think for me, I don't know, this is going to be, I mean, probably you sparked a tangent. So I apologize if I, <laughs> this is great. I love here, but like, I think one of the biggest things that rang for me or that really sparked for me was just, I think how often, how hard it is for us to break through our own, our own adversity, our own fears, right? We may know what to do. And a lot of times it, we aren't really ready to make those shifts and those changes until something really pulls us into action. And for me, I think just playing small has been a big part of talking about little things, right? Like playing small has really plagued me in a lot of ways. And I can look back and say, I'm grateful for all the experience I had in adversity. But I think sometimes we play small or we hedge a little bit because it's terrifying to go all in on something. It's terrifying to feel vulnerable. It's terrifying to face rejection or failure. But that's really what I think for me and really what has made the biggest impact for me is getting to that point where I just don't care. I care more about living an authentic life and doing what I feel like I was put on this earth to do rather than worrying about what someone thinks about that or what, how that might affect me financially or otherwise. No, like go for it and stop playing small, step up and do what you've been built and created to do. And if you don't know, find it, but do it. And that for me is really where I kind of noticed a lot of shifting and things fall into place. We've, we're resilient people. The fact that anyone's listening to this is evident that you're a survivalist. You know how to survive and fight and grind. So just what is the full extent of that, right? Yeah. You don't listen to a show like this unless you are determined to be a better person, right? And elevate. I mean, really the very name of the show, Unrivaled Man, I mean, Unrivaled is no comparison, no competition, right? With others, stop focusing on what others are doing. Because the interesting thing about it is, I, I love Brad, because I love what you shared. I appreciate being vulnerable because a lot of the things that you shared really made me think because people looking from the outside in at Brad would never think that Brad has ever played small a day in his life, right? Because people would look at you and they would say, look at all that Brad has accomplished, Right all of the real estate transactions, all the business, all of the coaching clients, all of the companies he's helped to found and to grow and all of those things. But in the end, each one of us have something we're really going for, something we're really doing. And only we know what that's like for us. As we start looking to others and comparing, we don't get much out of that. We don't know all the backstory. We don't know all that's happening. We can guess, but we don't really know. And, uh, and so I appreciate you sharing that with us. You got to put blinders on. You got to play your own game. You can't win at someone else's game. Mm -mm. It's just, it will never work. So I, I agree hundred percent with that. It's well said. So easy to compare ourselves to others in life and get down. There's, there's a book recently that's came out this last year. Dr. Benjamin Hardy wrote a book called The Gap and the Gain. And he wrote it with Dan Sullivan, who's, he's kind of a famous guy in the industry for coaching entrepreneurs. And I love the philosophy of gap and the gain in that he's helping us realize to not constantly measure ourselves against some ideal, this perfection, right? This perfection that's in front of us that we're not going to be able to reach necessarily. We need to focus and decide what we want to become to help inspire us so that we can make better decisions now, but we can't let the gap between who we are now and who we want to be 
paralyze us and make it so that we get down on ourselves. We need to look at who we were and how far we've come, right? Look back and measure backward is where the real power comes from. And so I've, I like that principle. It just felt like what we're talking about really connected to that in that as we're looking, making sure that we're measuring the right way in a way that will help propel us forward instead of stop us. Well, and an interesting thought to that. I mean, if you were to ask most people, what do you want in your life? What is success for you? They would say something like, well, I want to be happy or I want to be confident or I want to be wealthy. And what's so interesting is every one of those are mindsets, actually. They're not real things. To be confident, it's a comparative metric. Confident compared to what? I mean, or wealthy compared to what? You could make $10 million this year and in someone's lens, that's obscenely successful. In someone else's lens, that's like a bad year. It's a down year for them, right? So being that it's a state of mind, it's so interesting. Like why spend all this energy comparing to things to highlight reels and really just look inside? Like if you want to be confident, just do it. Like think of a time in your life where you felt incredibly confident or incredibly happy or incredibly successful and literally spend time recreating that experience in your mind. And you'll notice that you'll create the same physiological response. You will feel different because you're responding to an event. And that state that you feel is really what we're seeking for, which you can never actually achieve. You can just feel. And you can feel it now. You don't have to wait till you hit your benchmarks. But what you need to understand, though, I think, is that feeling that way and acting that way and being in that state changes your influence. It changes the presence that you have. It improves your results. If you spend three hours a day on social media looking at other highlight reels and feeling discouraged about your life, your energy goes down and your presence is, is struggling. You're not confident and you're not performing at a level that you can perform at. So why do it, right? If you're motivated by it, great. Spend as much time as you need to to get it to elevate your state, make you feel confident and then go and act. But it's just amazing just how much we play that crabs in a bucket game and we just hold ourselves back because it just feels like we've either been conditioned to do it or maybe we're supposed to always feel crappy about ourselves, but we don't have to. And it's something that we can control. Yes. It's very interesting about influence. Like you're saying that we get to determine how people influence us, right? They get to make their decisions. We get to determine not only what we allow into our minds or what we view, you know, from social media to other things, but but we get to decide if we're going to accept it or if we're going to let it influence us, which is kind of an interesting thought that we have more control than we realize. Often we take the victim mentality side of things that it happened to us or it's our circumstance or right, it's the things around me. But in the end, we have we have more control than we often give ourselves credit for. We are born creators. I mean, things we we can create what we don't even understand, but just the level of impact that we can have and these unexplained laws of just creation and manifesting thoughts or things like Napoleon Hill, Wallace Waddles, these guys, Jesus, they were talking about thoughts a long, 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 long time ago. And I think it's one of the most beautiful core truths is that what we think about and focus on and crave and desire, we will create and manifest those in our lives inevitably. And if we focus on what we don't have and what we fear most, that's what we'll manifest. And in all parts of our lives. Exactly. We think of those things in terms of, oh, well, you know, I want to generate more money or more business or more something. But really, it's also, do I want to be a better person? Do I want to be a better husband, a father? Do I fill in the blank? 
we can determine and what your thoughts, just like you said, that's, that's what I started thinking of is, is determining and making that change. So, yeah, no, I think coaching and seeing the sales process and the growth process from so many different vantage points from door to door to phone, to just in-person conversations, presence is everything and your energy, the, the belief that you carry, the assumptiveness, the confidence that you carry into those meetings, the intention maybe is the right word of what you view as the outcome is so much more impactful than the words that you'll say or the way that you've strung your little pitch together. It's like the guy that wants to win is the guy that's going to win. Like take Donald Trump, for example. I don't mean to get political on here, but it's not about that. And even Obama, the yes, we can chant when he was running, that was hypnotic, if not deeply, deeply compelling. And Donald Trump was not going to lose the his first election, period. Like it just was going to happen and everybody felt it and everybody fell in line and made it happen. And I feel like it was the same way with Obama. Like there's just that level of intention that literally moves things, like shifts, tectonic plates move to make that happen. And we all have that same capacity and opportunity in our lives. We just don't usually harness it because we're terrified of it. Or we don't get clear enough on what it actually means for us. I mean, you think about both Obama and Donald Trump, you know that in their minds, they had already won. They were there. They visioned it. They knew they were going to win. And it came to pass. It happened. And I think about the same thing in so many parts of business and life. It is just that, like you're saying, the having that vision clear makes all the difference. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Well, Brad, as, as we start kind of wrapping things up a little bit, I'm just curious, what would be your top action step that you would have for our listeners? I'm real big on action. So making sure that when we take the time to listen to a podcast like this, to read a book, so often there will be things that will come to our minds and that will spur us to change and we won't do it, right? We'll let it happen and we won't make the change. And I would love today, what's an action step that you'd have for my listeners, something they could do today that could impact their life? I've been thinking about that. And I think just the theme of today's discussion lends itself really well to this topic. But I kind of want to share a quick model and then I'll tell you what I would do. Because I think, well, to prep you, what I'm going to invite you to do is to get introspective. Because I think a lot of times we get into these motions, we kind of get into a system and into a process. And we sometimes need to get out of the trees, see the forest again, and just make sure, are we still on track? I've got a, a neighbor that flies for Southwest and someone's made this quote about how often a plane is off track. And it's like 99% of the time, the plane is actually going in the wrong direction. And there's all these course corrections along the way, which is really strangely fascinating and terrifying at the same time. And what I've learned, and actually a guy named Earl Nightingale, a long time ago, he had this talk that he did. It's called The Strangest Secret. And he talked that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. In other words, success isn't an achievement it's progressive realizations of a worthy ideal. So in other words, making progress or momentum towards the things that we care about or the things that matter most to us, that's happiness. It lives in the journey, not in the destination, which we've heard. So I think so often, I think course correction is the order of the day, always. And especially when we're in like a recession and kind of a shift like we are in right now, are you still dialed in? So here's the question. The question is, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? And let's take this from a career or like a leadership standpoint. What is the ultimate version of you that if you could step up to a level of a business owner, of a leader, or as an individual, like what 
would you do if you knew it was going to work and you couldn't fail? And then the second question is, are you doing that? Are you living that right now? And for most people, Clint, the answer to that is, well, no, not quite or not yet or no. Or I'm working on it. Right, right. I'm working on it. I'm making progress, which is great. But that's the third question. Is what you're doing today the most efficient path to get to that ultimate version? And if that answer is no, then it's time for a pivot. It's time for a shift, a major shift. Because you can't afford to live in a world and operate in a capacity that is not fulfilling your purpose and your passion. And I think spending time to really ask yourself, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what I would do if I knew I wouldn't fail. I feel like I'm just doing. But get intentional about it and ask yourself, like, what would that be? And maybe you don't know what that is in 20 years, but what is that next year? And are you doing it? And if you're not, I can explain that is exactly why you're probably not happy or feeling fulfilled right now. And if that's true in your marriage, like what is the ultimate version of my marriage? If I could do anything to really optimize my marriage, what would I do? And am I doing that? No. Am I making steps to get there? Are we in coaching together? Are we listening to experts on marriage, right? Like pick your lane and ask those questions. Is this what I'm doing? Is this the ultimate version of me? And it probably isn't for most people, which is fine but you've got to be making progress towards it. And if you're not, that's where I think you really, I would invite you to to reach out to the coach in your life and say, I got to get on track. I know I'm capable of more. There's more that I can get from this. There's more that I can give and more value I can create. Because if you don't optimize and live towards your highest misuse, your value is compromised. And that's the medium of exchange is our value. If we want more success in our lives, we've got to create more value in each of those disciplines. So that's my challenge. That would be my action is to get introspective and ask a few of those questions and don't be afraid of it. Take an hour and just see where the rabbit hole goes, see where it leads you and understand that part of your life. And it will create so much clarity and awareness and eventual direction and intention that you, it will change your life. Honestly, that is literally, I think one of my favorite paths to take with a client or a business is that path. One of the things I love about that is it's not a one-time exercise either. This is something that throughout our lives, we have to reevaluate and continue to get clear on those very questions over and over. And that's kind of what you were talking about, how the airplane going is continuing to, it's off path part time, but it's always getting a little closer, a little closer until it hits it on the nose and hits the runway, right? And makes it to the gate. And so for us, I think our whole life is the same way, right? Just that consistently asking those questions consistently, getting the outside perspective that you need because you can't see your blind spots, right? That's the definition of a blind spot. You can't see what you can't see. So getting that outside perspective make all the difference in helping you get to that destination. So I love it. Great action. Take that action, guys. This is huge. This has the potential to make the biggest impact of anything else that you could do in your life right now is to take that time right now. So Brad, where can people connect with you? What's the best way? If people want to find your book, they want to they want to follow you more, what can they do? Bradharker.com is probably the best hub for that. You can kind of link into, we've got a number of different courses and just different ways. But honestly, for me, I love real. I love live. And so a lot of times, if, you know, if a company is looking for growth, I don't want to just try and do it all through a funnel online. Like I want to get on the phone or I want to get on a Zoom and talk. So 
My website's the best path to connect with me or brad at bradharker.com, whatever that is. But yeah, if there's something that hits you, I'm always happy to chat, even if it's just give you some advice and that's it. There's no strings attached for me. I just here to add value. And so, but that's a great way to get connected. The book's on Audible and you can buy it on my website as well. Brad, thank you. We're going to put all those links in the show notes as well. So you can find Brad. Brad, as always, pleasure having you here today. Clint, thank you so much for the invitation and for everybody listening. Yeah. Just really honored to be with all of you today. So thank you. Thank you. Until next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Unrivaled Man Podcast. I'm Clint Hoops, and if this show has impacted you, please share it with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts.